Lizzie. And I'm Hazel. And we're Carrot and Stick. A writing podcast that's all about trying out weird writing advice we find on the internet and seeing if it actually helps us fight writer's block. This week, the advice that we tried was writing drabble slash microfiction. If you don't recall from the previous episode, microfiction is any fiction that is under 300 words and drabbles are 100 word pieces of absolute beauty. (laughs) So I'm guessing you wrote a lot of pieces of absolute beauty this past week. Oh, you know I did because I sent you that one. (laughs) (laughs) Out of nowhere, I received this text. It's a piece of literature for sure, but I look at it and I'm just like, what on earth? And Lizzie follows up by saying like, Ben and I traded off the phone every other word, and I'm like, mmm, this makes sense now. (laughs) It shows, yeah. (laughs) I think it's quite splendid, actually. Uh, It was a, it's a creative piece about uh, a shapeshifter that is trying to seduce a corgi as his new bride of midnight. Inspired by Europe. (laughs) It's true. We were like in a, we were actually in like a little tea house, and we had brought both of our phones and we were planning to like write individually on our phones. And then Ben's phone died. And we were like, Oh, no, like our plans of getting to write have been dashed. And then I was like, wait a second, we can write something together. And I was like, let's do a travel. <laughs> <laughs> so the next time you're on a date, and it's, uh, it's not going so well, just pull out your phone and say, why don't we write a travel together? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think it's a really good way to probably suss out if the person is worth dating. Like, how good are their, how good is their word choice? Are they building off of your sentences? I must say, though, that it was going, it was pretty, like, serious and moody. And then Ben was like, corgi. And then I was like, (laughs) oh, okay. Uh, Massive tone change. (laughs) Ben's gonna listen to this and be like, I didn't get to tell my side of the story. She's just throwing me under the bus. It's fine. If he wants to not be thrown under the bus, he can come on the podcast. That's true. Then consider this an open invitation. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wrote one, or I co-wrote one Corgi Drabble, and then I wrote like five other Drabbles. So that was my like Drabble writing in total. Um, did you keep track of how many Drabbles you wrote? So I wrote one Drabble to kick it off, and I had a Drabble-less valley of activity for a while there. And then I came back and I don't think I finished the other Drabble I wrote, but then I started a- another piece that was like a collection of microfiction, and that one is still in progress. So I guess four, if we're counting. Oh, that's cool. What does One of them's not complete. <laughs> oh, that's okay. What's um, a collection of microfiction entail specifically? So these are really common in fanfiction. They're basically connected or disconnected collections of like mini scenes that you string together in either multiple chapters or just like multiple scenes in one chapter. Oh, okay. That's cool. That kind of happened to me with um, three of my drabbles where I was kind of like, here's a random drabble. And then I was kind of like, well, here's a related thought that I'm going to turn into a drabble. And then suddenly I had three drabbles and I was like, boom, now it's microfiction. Yeah, there you go. Accomplishing all the prompts. <laughs> did you read any microfiction to get inspired? I did, though I would not necessarily like recommend Googling just examples of drabbles. You get some weird things. <laughs> like what? Oh, man, I should have, like, saved this. Well, but then again, I don't actually want to, like, shame anyone for their work. I just felt like the blog I found that talked about it had clearly collected them from some weird places where it would be, like, vampires part one, and then it's just kind of like a drabble that's, I don't know, basically nonsense. (laughs) And then, like, another drabble that's just, like, he was so spooky, like, his fangs, her flesh, and that's, like, the end of the drabble, essentially. So I don't know. 
it's weird. I felt like a lot of them felt kind of like incomplete thoughts almost, which is weird because I feel like there are some Twitter accounts I follow that are like tweet long fictions. And I feel like some of those are more compelling than the drabbles that I read. Honestly, the the tweet fiction accounts are like my favorite kind of microfiction. I follow a handful of those accounts and I appreciate them a lot. Yeah, they're so good. That kind of leads me into what surprised me. And that was that I definitely underestimated microfiction. Like I had these memories of me when I was younger, just like banging out drabbles all the time. But it's not that, like, the length makes it easier to write. If anything, it's more of a challenge to fit something, like, concise and complete into that space. Mm-hmm. So when I first thought of this challenge as, like, a way to get warmed up for writing something else, it's actually not suited to that at all. <laughs> huh. It's like, if you are sitting down to write a piece of microfiction or write a drabble, then that's good. But if you try to make it your warm-up, it'll just end up becoming the task itself. I did feel like oftentimes I would sort of start writing the drabble and then I would like feel like I was finally getting to the meat of like a good idea and then I'd be out of words and so then it made me be like wait do I need to like get rid of everything that came before the end of this because I didn't get to like the even the good part like it started turning into like a weird editing puzzle almost editing puzzle is a good way to describe these things (laughs) which can be fun sometimes I mean like passing the phone back and forth like it felt more like a word game to me and a word puzzle than like a fulfilling medium (laughs) I definitely felt fulfilled like once I had one done and I and I felt like okay I did a thing Mm -hmm. but it is definitely like a word choice exercise (laughs) yeah that makes sense so did you think it was successful then Yes, in that I got some written, but no, in that it didn't actually make a difference for any of my other writing. I felt basically the same way. It kind of gave me the boost to start working on one project where I didn't know how to start it. So I think that was maybe the most quantifiable boon that I got from it, where I was like, how do I start working on this book? And then I was like, let's just write a drabble from the middle of the book. And so it gave me a very like low pressure way to start working on something that I didn't know like where to begin. Yeah. I find that they're good for, like, writing as stress relief, but then you don't really have to hold yourself to the word limit. Like, you just start writing out a scene, and when it feels good, you stop or, like, switch to a new one. I also felt like sometimes, I mean, this might sound weird, but they help me, like, untangle, like, a metaphor sometimes, like, where the whole drabble, all it got me was kind of, like, one good, interesting metaphor, but it's like, thanks for that drabble, like, that's helpful, you know? I mean, sometimes it's all you need. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's true. Did anything hold you back or hinder you this week? Uh, it's been, like, a stressful time, a little under the weather. I think the worst part about that was that, like, when I was feeling bad, I, like, wouldn't write, which just made me feel worse. Oh, yeah. And then I would realize, like, oh, it's been several days since I wrote anything. Maybe that's why I feel like crap. And so kind of, like, taking a step back and being like, all right, I'm just going to write something for the sake of writing something was actually good in the end. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I definitely have days like that where it's like, why do I feel so bad? I can't figure it out. And then it's like, I didn't write anything or work on anything creative for myself. And it's like, wow, you'd think that after so many years of existence, we would have figured out this pattern by now. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Yeah, I had sort of similarly to how you were traveling a few weeks ago, and that was hindering your ability to get as much written. I had the same thing where I was basically like on vacation in Europe which was awesome, but also I did not do a lot of writing. Though when I did write, I did feel like I got a decent amount done, like when I actually would like set aside like a few hours to write. So that was good. And I also pushed myself to write on my phone. Writing on your one's phone is actually really fun. I like it. Yeah, I wanted, I mean, just in general, I've wanted to give it more of a chance and like 
I just feel like I always think of my phone as being for like everything except writing. And so I've been trying to be like, okay, well, maybe if you don't have a notebook, you can brainstorm on your phone instead or like actually write something on your phone. So I'm giving it a try. No, I have a friend. Um, She wrote a lot of her novel on the train on her phone. That's awesome. Yeah, it can be powerful. Getting stuff done. Doesn't matter how. Uh, What, on a more positive note, inspired you this week or helped you write? So I had the chance to meet up with another writer who I've been collaborating with online, but we'd never met face to face. And so we had a chance to like talk in person and talk about the projects we've been working on. And that was just really nice. Like uh, when you normally don't get to see somebody uh, face to face, it makes a huge difference. That's so cool. Yeah. She goes by Storytam online. Her uh, Twitter handle is the Tam Slam. <laughs> She's really funny and really sweet. So hire her. She's great. I also found this new cafe I really like near my house. I think they're getting tired of seeing me, honestly. How often are you in there? I went there like three times this past week. I don't know if that's normal or weird. (laughs) I feel like that's, I mean, if you want to become a regular and maybe get free coffee, you're on the right track. They're not like that kind of local cafe. Like they're kind of corporate, but... I'm willing to put up with that. <laughs> I mean, just befriend those baristas. Although, that being said, I have just been, like, sad that all the places that I have frequented for, like, five years still don't recognize me. Like, I'm like, hello, it's me, the person who's here, like, every single week. But alas, the only barista I've ever befriended was someone who was, like, literally was quitting in a week. And so he was like, have all the coffee and pastries you want. So I went to that coffee shop every day for a week. And then he left. And it was it was real sad. Oh, we could have had it all. I know, It was right? good until then, though. <laughs> I know. I remember talking to him about it where I was like, so I know your manager is really terrible, but could you stay for me? <laughs> In my old apartment, I had a cafe where they kind of knew me, but they were, like, too polite to ever make it clear that they knew me. Hmm. Does that make sense? No. Also, like, when I go to cafes, I don't like talking to people. So I think they understood that, like, this is our regular who just likes being left alone. And so they were very respectful in that sense. Oh, that's fair. What helped you this week? Even though being away prevented me from writing, I do feel like so refreshed being back, which is really nice. This is why vacation exists. Yay. I mean, I feel like I'm a little bit brain dead today, but I feel like that's because I record the podcast at like 3 p.m. And that's like, you know, that's like the energy dip time of day. I don't know. I I bought a blank notebook yesterday in preparation for the next challenge. (laughs) But I feel like so ready. Um, And also, I mean, one other kind of cool thing is I feel like I was gone for like a month. And um, when I came back, I feel like I just had a completely different perspective on like my routines of like, oh, I could actually like build this from the ground up a little bit. Anyway, I'm pumped to do that. Oh, yay. That sounds really good. Yeah. Um, So what are your goals for next week? One of my goals was to like approach my writing like a little more lightheartedly. I think the challenge will kind of be conducive to that. I hope. That's good. Um, similarly, I have like so many non-writing writing tasks to do. Like I need to follow up with people who are supposed to like read things I've written and like I need to like read over some parts of my book just to like look for inconsistencies with something that I changed. Like basically the not very fun things that are sort of part of being a writer. So anyway, I just want to actually prioritize writing next week. That is my goal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So after hinting to it a couple million times, what is our next challenge? It is notebook rights. We are going to write in the notebooks. Does this mean that all of the writing we do has to be done by hand? Yes, (sighs) ma'am. Okay. 
and but we are allowed to transcribe it afterward. Yes, you definitely, I would say, especially because we have a different challenge coming up this season called Rougher Drafts. That's all about um, like literally not editing at all at all when you write. So I would say um, when it comes to transcribing, just kind of thinking that you're not like like sort of editing as you write in the notebook, like not being like blah, 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 blah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's it's not morning pages, I think is what we want to make clear. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just the act of doing your writing by hand. And you don't have to write in a notebook either. You could write on anything. But like a paper substance, right? Probably, but like, why not your walls? I'm not going to stop people. (laughs) Not something digital, though, I think is the point. Yeah, not something digital, something physical, analog. Post-it notes, calendars, receipts. All I'm saying is we don't want to be notebook elitists. Like, if you like writing on scrap paper, that's cool, too. Yeah. I think it might be time for... Weekly favorites. Oh, the oh-so-controversial weekly favorites. It is true. You guys are really benefiting from the fact that Hazel and I talked about our weekly favorites a little bit before recording the pod, because it is controversial. Yeah, you go first. Just just get it out of the way. Okay, so my weekly favorite was The Haunting of Hill House, which is a Netflix series based on The Haunting, both of The Haunting movies, um, which was so good for Halloween. I really liked all the characters. I thought it was like a really good character-driven plot. Um, also, it was so spooky, which is what I wanted for Halloween. Um, but Hazel and I, I see, I have made peace with the ending, Hazel is uh, not so peaceful. <laughs> I, I am still really mad about the ending. I'm not going to say too much other than that, honestly, for people who haven't seen it. Also, Lizzie, it is based on the book by Shirley Jackson. I have not read the book. Yeah, but I'm just letting you know that it's not like just based on the movies. Oh. The series is based on the book, technically. I gotcha. I gotcha. I was like, yes, and? <laughs> <laughs> I feel we should give credit where credit is due. No, that is true. And to be fair, the the Haunting of Hill House, I think, invents like a lot compared to the books. I mean, I was going back and rereading the log lines for the, the last two iterations of it in movie form. And I was like, wow, there's a lot that is different here. Evil House is the main piece of continuity. You had one job, show. You had one job. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so unrelated to Netflix and their choices, my weekly favorite is a fan fiction called This Account's Tweets Are Protected by Alsam and Bennett Nash on Archive of Our Own. I have read this fic like two or three times since finding it. I'm obsessed with it. It's so good. It's for Persona 5 and it's a alternate universe setting that takes place mostly on Twitter. So all of it is written through tweets, which are really like beautifully coded. I was super impressed by it visually. Normally those stories like those types of stories just kind of exist to like play around with the medium and and just have have a good laugh. But I was super impressed by how there was like a very well thought out plot and world built into this one. So I'm probably going to read it again. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like those stories um, that are written entirely in an unusual medium, like a tweet are so hard to pull off and make actually be compelling. So that's really great that you found like a good one. Yeah, I I adore it. Like, to be fair, there is a whole lot of, like, goofing off that happens, which feels very, like, intrinsic to the medium, but it's all serving some greater purpose, which is, you know, it's a good feeling as a reader. So when we're not writing in notebooks, you can find some of our digital thoughts 
on platforms like Twitter, where we are at Lizzie and Hazel, and that's Lizzie with a Y. We're still allowed to tweet, even though we're writing things in notebooks, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it would be weird if we were tweeting into the notebook, though I suppose you could do that. Hmm, hmm, talk after the podcast. You can also reach us at carrotandstickpodcast at gmail.com. Our Tumblr is carrotandstickpodcast, which is also our Instagram that I run, and I like to run. It is fun. It's beautiful. You know what else is beautiful? Our music. Our music was done by Robert Mai, and our intro and outro music is You Belong off of the album No Summer No Cry by Slime Girls. We will see you in episode four. Hug a cat. Write some words in a notebook. <laughs>